Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. The, the, the number one place you'll see changes in you. Yes. And, and uh, you have to experience change in you first. And then experience great exchange. And so I want to deal with change first. And then we'll get into the word exchange. But change, uh, a friend of mine who's in heaven now, made a statement. Change is a change until there's change. And uh, so, and he said, anytime you exit one door to enter another room, uh, you, you, uh, how you exit determines how you enter. So how you exited 2019 determines how you enter 2020. And so um, Joanne made a statement in regards to age, and I believe this with all my heart, is that age is natural, old is attitude. And I, I met some 20-year-olds that are old by attitude. And I met some, uh, I, I, was, I was thinking about that woman, I, I, maybe somebody might be able to help me, she was in Texas, she's a bodybuilder, and I think she's in her, she's in her 80s somewhere, I won't give it today, I, I don't recall the exact date, as somebody broke into her home and she beat two guys up. And, and, uh, they, they, they thought, and they thought because she was in her 80s, she couldn't handle herself, she's all muscled up, and she runs and lifts weights, and she takes uh, um, uh, mixed martial arts, and she does all this, and she goes, I ain't waiting. I remember the woman, a hunter, jumped out of a plane. She goes, that was my, on my list. And she goes, it wasn't my bucket list. That's just my wish. I just want to jump out of a plane at a hundred. And, uh, and so we can't get some 25 years out of bed. And so she's jumping out of planes. So uh, we, we got to, what, what you do in life, you, what you do in life. And, and so um, uh, I may be a little goofy, but it keeps me healthy. It keeps me alert and smiling. Luke chapter 13. And, and, and Jesus, he was teaching uh, in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And there was a woman, and this woman had a spirit of infirmity. And uh, look at this, 18 years and had, uh, and, and had been bent over and she could not straighten herself up. She could not physically, she tried physically to straighten herself up. Now, I don't believe that 18 years earlier than this verse, that she just woke up one day and couldn't get up. It was progressive. And, and uh, she couldn't get, and, and it progressively got worse and worse and worse until 18 years when she met Jesus, she was bowed over and could not lift herself up, which means that she could not move her eyes, I mean her head, or anything. She, so, so anytime she looked, she, she moved the, uh, left or, or, or right this way. We had a, a modern day, just in, you know, in the 70s, a lady by the name of, of Betty Baxter. And Betty Baxter ha- had the similar kind of a situation. Betty Baxter was born with some kind of a disease, and, and it, took, it took her in, into a situation to where she could see. And she was a little young girl. And uh, she's and her mother, uh, they they uh, they were Methodists, and uh, so uh, uh, the the preacher didn't preach in healing, but Jesus walked into a room and told her uh, and told her uh, uh, on such and such a day uh, uh, you're going to be healed, totally healed, miraculously, and, and so and then her mother told uh, he went in and told her mother the same story, and and, and so make a long story, story short, Jesus came on that day 
And she told her preacher, and the preacher said, you're, you're crazy, something's going wrong, you need, you, you, the disease has affected your brain, something's wrong with you. And uh, the, mother, the mother was and her were the only ones that believed. But they kept telling people, she thinks she's going to get healed. Jesus is himself is coming. Well, that, that filled the whole house up. And the relatives came, neighbors came. And it got so much so, the police had to block the streets off because there were so many people. They had to line them up. And, and Jesus came in. And, the only, and she couldn't lift herself up. The only thing she could see was his feet and the nail scars in his feet. And the only thing she could see. And she goes, and she looks, she goes, he's here. And Jesus, this is how good your God is. She couldn't, she couldn't straighten up. Like this woman here, we're about ready to read. She could, she could not b- pick herself up. She couldn't lift her head up. She couldn't look at him. Jesus, your Jesus, got on his knees and looked into her eyes. And he smiled at her. And then reached into her body and grabbed her enlarged heart and put it back to normal. And then reached and grabbed her spine and everything snapped and people heard it. And, she, and her, her doctor heard it. Her her uh, her um, unbelieving pastor heard it, and um, uh, 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 her unbelieving father heard it. But believing mama heard it, and, and the people heard it. And she got up and she stood up. But let me tell you, before he sh- she he showed up, you know what she did? She goes, "Mama, Jesus is coming." He said he's coming. When Jesus comes, I want a new dress. A dress, and she put on. Uh, they put on a new dress, and I want brand new shoes because I have never been having had any shoes because I can't walk. So and he goes in with Jesus because I want to put those new shoes on and stand up in front of him with the new dress and my new shoes. So right next to her, she put the shoes and she put the dress on and, and her bones snapped and she stood up and she looked and Jesus was standing straight at never and Jesus never said a word. Let me help you here. When Jesus shows up. He didn't say anything. I'm going to come over here. And when Jesus shows up, uh, uh, he doesn't need to say one word. Uh, when you read the word, you don't need to see with your eyes. This is enough. This is the living word of God. We call this the Bible. It is the word of God. It is the oracles of God. It is the blessing of God. It is the promises of God. It is God speaking to you today. Letting you know that everything's all right. This overrides what men say. And so Betty Baxter got up and, and, uh, uh, and, and they said they, for hours and hours they had to, had the police had to escort lines through. And every time somebody walked by, they get healed. So they put her in a church and they put her in the unbelieving church. And so and they sat her on a chair. She never preached. She sat on a chair. People walked by and people in wheelchairs got up and walked out. <laughs> people in canes just dropped them. People who were blind got to see. People who were deaf got to hear. Uh, uh, the, uh, a manifestation. Just walking by. Because the anointing was still on her. The woman got healed of the issue of blood. He said this 18 years. And uh, when Jesus saw her. So, so he called her and said to her. Woman. I like this. Are you ready? Woman you're loose for your, from your infirmity. Heritage Family Fellowship. Church. Listen to your pastor. You are loosed. 
if Jesus could say it then and he hadn't died yet, and Jesus already died and rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven, is right now sitting at the right hand of your heavenly Father, and he loves you, and now you have the presence of the Holy Spirit, you got the promises of God, goodness and mercy following you all the days of your life, you've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, you've got the living water, the bread of life. So I got news for you. You are loose from any infirmity that might be on your life. All of this, all of this is based on one word, love. God so loved, He gave. God so loved, He gave you hope. God so loved, He gave you mercy. God so loved that He gave you healing. God so loved that He gave you peace. God so loved that He gave you hope. God so loved. All of it is received by faith. So, so this woman, we talked about this last week. He said, woman, you're loose from your infirmity. And then he, uh, uh, Luke, being a physician, and he's writing to a man by the name of Theophilus. Theophilus was a, was a, a scholar. He was a philosopher. He was a friend of, of, of Luke. And Luke was writing to him. The Gospel of Luke is written that way. Also, the book of Acts is written that way to a man by the name of Theophilus to help him understand who Jesus was, what Jesus did, what, what accomplished, what occurred, all of it. And, and so, uh, here we read that he's writing it, but he, he doesn't name the week. He's a woman that were loosed. Uh, uh, but Jesus gives her a name, and I love it, in verse 16. Uh, and uh, he was, uh, and uh, just like Betty Baxter had an unbelieving pastor, so did she. She had an unbelieving a priest. But in verse 16, uh, not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, so he named her. A daughter of, Abraham, a da- a daughter of covenant, a daughter of promise. A, a daughter that belongs to the covenant of the promise. She's not alienated. She belongs to this. So, so we, 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 when you and I read this, we have to, we have to recognize that, that this is a reality of it. Nobody told her she had a right to walk. Nobody told her she had a right to get up. Nobody told her. Nobody enforced it. They didn't casually say, you know what, I think, I think maybe might uh, Jesus do something. He might. You know, you never know what God's going to do. You never know what Jesus is going to do. We don't even know why he's here on earth. But, you know, he's walking down the streets. And every once in a while, uh, somebody believes this crazy notion that he's a miracle worker. And so they get something. But it's all psychological. You know. No, 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 no. Jesus walked here and he looked at him and he goes, Woman, you're loose. Wow, that's, that's powerful. Get up and walk, he would say. He didn't say, uh, uh, I think you might, if, if you just listen, you, I think. I know what the doctors are saying. And, and uh, you, know, you know, but you, just try it. Jesus never said that. Get him walk. He, he saw a blind man, and you know he's blind. And then he asked him, what do you want? He's the, this is the healer. What do you want? Because if you can't define it, you'll never find it. you got to know what you want. You got, and you got to want it enough. So, here you find in this verse of Scripture that he did that. 2 Corinthians one twenty makes a statement. And uh, by making the statement, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, let, let's go with this, uh, here, this verse of Scripture. And I want to show you this, because we're dealing with this term, and that is this. If we're going to have great change, if you and I are going to experience great exchange, then we've got to know that God is the God who promised. So there is the God who is the one who promised. There are promises which made him the God who promised. 
And then on the other side, there's the people that are the recipients or the people that acquire or the people that reach out and they embrace what was promised. And those promises were made before you were born. So he promised before you even were in existence. So you can't buy a promise. You, you, can't, you just can't do it. And you can't nullify the promise. You can't hurt the promise. You can't weaken the promise. You can't dilute it. You can't water it down. The promise is the promise because it came from the promiser who is God. Now, here you find Paul, Paul writing this in 2 Corinthians one twenty, all, For all of the promises of God. Say this with me. All. all. Say it again. All. all. How many does all include? All. all. So all includes all. All the promises of God. All the promises of God. So the promises of God include everything He said. Regarding you, your life, your lifestyle, your livelihood, everything. All includes all. So we can say it this way. God is the one who promised all. And you are on the end of that promise. He was thinking of you. I'm going to come on this side. Maybe I'll find somebody that's excited. Amen? Amen. Now, there's a difference. There used to be, I don't know if they don't do this anymore. Well, at least they might. I don't know. Years back, when I was, you know, in high school, uh, people would uh, uh, give uh, somebody a promise ring. Anybody remember those? I'm not talking about a mood ring. (laughs) To determine what mood you're in. No. It was a a promise ring. The promise ring wasn't even the engagement ring. It was just a promise ring. I promise. Okay. But then you had to understand the person giving you the ring had to have integrity to back whatever they were promising you. Am I right? And some of the guys who gave the rings weren't that good at keeping promises. And there were some that were. But there was a promise ring. Well, it, God never gave you a promise cross. Okay, I, uh, here's the cross. I promise maybe something might happen on this cross, but wear it. It's good for you. Me and you. Well, that's how some people treat God. Because when a circumstance comes, they don't know what to do. So they treat it like God gave them a promised death, a promised resurrection, and a promised ascension, and a promised sitting on the throne benefit. I'm not sure, because if God really loved me, then why am I going through this? Well, let me ask you a question. What position did you put yourself in to get that way? And then number two, you understand you have a real insane enemy. 
Anybody who tried to take on God has got to be insane. Okay? So, so, all the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Let's read that verse of Scripture out loud, shall we? Are you ready? And when we get to the word all, the promises of God in Him are. When you say get to that part, I want you to say that as loud as you can. And I want you to start, stop at the word are, I want to, because that's very important. Are you ready? And then we'll, then we'll continue with yea, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Are you ready? But let, let me give you an example before you do that, because I want to make sure we're all on it. For all the promises of God in Him are, yea, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. We got that. Okay, okay, here we go. Ready? One, two, three, let us read. For all the promises of God in Him are... Are... Yea, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. So when you use a promise... God gets the glory. But I want you to see this word are, A-R. They are. In other words, the promises of God are. You can't change them. I want to reiterate. You can't alter them. They are promises God gave. Since God gave them, they are. They are before you were born, now that you're alive, and after you're gone. They just are. You know the sun was here before you came? The planets were here before you came? Birds were here before you came? Are you with me? I mean, I mean so they are. They, they are. They are. The word are means... The, the term in the Hebrew means they existed, exist, and will continue to exist. So in other words, before you came, they existed. You know, before you came to church today, these, church exi- these chairs existed? They are here. When you leave, you're not taking anyone with you, anyone with you, because if you do, you're a thief. But these chairs don't belong to you. But when you leave, that chair stays. And, and if somebody says, are those chairs still there? They are. You can ask on Monday, are the chairs still there? They are. How about on Tuesday? They are. How about on Wednesday? They are. You know what? I don't feel good today. The chairs are still there. They are. The promises are there. If you're in pain, the promise is still there. They are there. They are there when you're single. They are there when you're married. They are there when you have children. They are there when you have grandchildren. They are there when you have great-grandchildren. They are there when you have great-great-grandchildren. They are there when you got your first job. They are there when you got your second job. They are there when you needed finances. They are there when you didn't feel good. The promises are... And why? Why All the promises of God 
are in Him, not in you. And they're not in you until you get the Word. But even if you back away from the Word, the Word still has the promise. Now, Acts chapter 2, verse 39, in the message translation, I used this the other day, and uh, I want to state it again, and that is this. It says this, The promise is targeted to you. The promise is targeted to you. You are the recipient. You're the reason it's there. So, and to, and to you and your children. Now, God is known by His Word. This is how you know God. You know God by His Word. He is everything the Word says He is, and He will do everything His Word said He'll do. Why? Because in it is entwined all these promises. God has done this. Every promise of God comes to us through faith. Every promise of God comes to us through faith. Now, if we go back to Corinthians, it says this, all the promises. For a lot of people, the only promises they claim are healing and wealth. You got to claim every promise that is promised you. And I said to you the other day, there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. So if you don't understand that every day you get up, you're promised multiple things in the Scripture, then the only way to discover them is through Scripture. So otherwise, you'll be going from, well, He promised I'm healed, by the stripes I'm healed. Well, that's not even what He said. He didn't say that. Yes, He did, Pastor Art. No, He didn't. Yes, He did. It's in the Bible. It is in the Bible, but you're quoting it wrong. He was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him, and by the stripes we are healed. That's the whole scripture. You just can't say, well, he said I'm healed. By the stripes 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 I'm healed. It doesn't work that way. you got to know the scripture that holds the promise. See, why are you healed? By by the stripes, why are you healed? Because he was wounded. Now, because of this, we come to church and and we do something. And and, uh, let me show you something here, uh, if I may. Anybody have any idea what this is? It's what? It's a potato. I'm going to come on this side. Anybody know what this is? A potato. Really? Really? It's it's a it's a, a papa. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's, it, this is a potato. This. Ed, what is that? It's a potato, Leonard. Potato. It's a potato. Seriously? Seriously, this is a potato. If you take this home and put this on the counter. Will this turn into hash browns? But it is made of... You can make hash browns out of this. So you're looking at a hash brown. If you do something with it. And if you don't know you can... Make hash browns... All it will do is stay a potato. 
Am I right? If you don't know, this is what you can do. That's what this is made of. But you know, this is called. A, this is not called a hashed potato. So the moment you begin to use it, it changes the substance for what you want it to do. Unless you do something else, and then you decide to squeeze it, step on it, and you have what? A potato. And then you have a mashed potato. But it all came from this. Now this has added product to it. But simply stated, this is it. So if you really want homemade, you boil it, skin it. If you like to want the skin, you put the, keep the skin on it, you clean it, you wash it, put it in a potato, and then you take it and you mash it yourself. You do your own stuff. That would be the healthiest way and the best way to do it than this. But people come to church and instead of wanting this, this is what they want. Pastor, give me instant. Just let me warm it up and I'll add whatever preservatives I want. Because after all, it is, uh, you know, no longer 2,000 years ago or 4,000 years ago. And this is what people want. They want a potato, but I want it so instant. Now, which one's healthier? The potato. But which one do most people eat? Yeah, yeah. The one that's frozen, and then, yeah, and in order for it to be frozen, what do you have to do? Put preservatives in it, things that don't belong in here or are not in here, and and uh, did God make this? No. Did God? Where did this come from? The ground. Did God create Earth? Yes. So God created Earth, and out of it came a promise of a potato. But we said, yeah, but I want it real fast, so I'm going to do this. And in some cases, we just nuke it. We don't even put it in the oven. We just nuke it because we want it faster. So it, there's, there's instructions for baking. You can bake, you can bake this. But I want it real quick because, you know, I've got things I want to do. My show's coming, my favorite show. So i got to hurry up and get this done. And so I want... I want I want this mass. I want it faster. All the promises of God take time for you to learn them and grow them in you. The challenge is people want this. Pastor, I'm coming to church, but mash it. Freeze it, give me some something frozen with preservatives in it and make it real quick because you know uh, uh, I go through a work Monday through Friday for eight hours and I'm tired. So I know I need this, but this is really the time I'm giving for this. For this. I've got a little bit more time, so I might have this. This is what I might want. But then even if I don't do that, I'll flake it. <laughs> I'll mix it and just put it in powder, just a little powder and stir it up. It's still potato. And there, yeah, these are Idaho. Look at that. Idahoans. Idaho. They even came from another state. 
homemade. It's just on the back. Homemade taste every time. That's what it says. Homemade taste every time. Interesting. Amen. Microwave directions. Stove directions. Wow. Four cups of water. Wow. Cook for four or six minutes. It's six minutes. But this takes more than six minutes. See, anything we call fruit of the Spirit or vegetables take longer to grow. And uh, so, in order to mature, you're going to have to want to grow. And in order for you to grow, you're going to have to know what the promise is, get the promise in you, and let it grow to such an extent, it just comes out. It's just just part of your life. And you know, this is what I want. And that's just why it comes through faith. Uh, anybody want my potato? Because I'm not taking it home. Because Joanne won't. <laughs> we do this. You want the you want the frozen one? Yeah. I'll do that. A potato. Okay. Who wants these ones? You only get one. Go sit down. Everybody want this? Now that I dealt with everyone, yeah, you know you got these at home. Everybody want the bat? Everybody want the hash browns? Who wants hash browns? Uh, yeah, after I talked about it, he was going, "Not me, Pastor. I want the potato, the real potato." <laughs> you know what? I'll leave it up here, and everybody turn their back. Don't watch who picks that up. So, but anyway, though. This is this is why uh, in growing, we, faith is necessary in receiving the benefits of the gospel. And that's why the promises are there. Faith cometh by hearing. What are you hearing? Promises. You're hearing about the promises and faith has, has to be present in order for you to receive the promise. It has to be. Isaiah 55, 11 says this. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. This is the Spirit of the Lord speaking. And it's not going to return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing whereto I send it. So if God's sending out the promise, it should be prospering in the place that He sent it. And so in order for it to be sent, you have to realize that, number one, it's supposed to be sent to accomplish. Anytime you hear faith, Faith comes to you. Anytime you come to a service, something's coming to you. These aren't lectures. These aren't nice talks. We will, in some cases, motivate you, but that's not our intention. Our intention is to give you revelation rather than motivation of who God is and what God said and what God can do. This is the importance of this. Psalm eighty-nine thirty-four makes this powerful statement. Uh, and he says this, My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that's gone out of my lips. So a promise is something that is made up of a covenant. And since God made the covenant, there isn't anything that God will alter. God's not going to alter it. I know, what, I know we just came into a, a new, brand new year and change is occurring. But he says, I am the Lord, I change not. In Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 13, he makes a statement. He said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change. But what God does is change us. 
my son brought out tremendously. Just, I mean, it was a great illustration regarding three terms. And one, one was having to do with days, and the other with years, and the other with seasons. The way he brought it out was tremendous. The way that he explained it, the way that he, that he, uh, that he elaborated on it, and was able to picture it through a, an illustration. The way that he did that. Uh, and, and the thing about it is, everything about challenges, they change. They, they, they change. They, they'll alter. The th- things will happen. And so we've got to recognize that. And so, uh, you know, as we go through life and we go through things, uh, through scenarios, through situations, things change. When you're single, you're going to run into certain, certain blessings and certain challenges. Then you get married, that's a blessing. And, uh, and then it, there's a challenge. Amen? And then the challenge is however long you're married. And, and, the, and the blessing is however long you're married. I mean, I, I, my beautiful bride comes home with a, another with a tri- Christmas tree. It was it was on sale. We have one with no stand in the shed, and uh, three that were up, and she brought brought home another one. And she goes for the church. Like she goes, oh, but if I, I go, I don't want one at the house. She goes, well, maybe for the church. Okay. But it's there. It's a brand new box. In my garage. I have a nine-foot scarecrow. I have no idea where to put him. How tall, how tall is he? He's tall. Is, Brent, is he nine foot? No, he's tall. He's, yeah, yeah. He's related to Bigfoot. And so, I, I mean, how do, you, how do you box him? He didn't come in a box. I can't lift him by myself. And, and uh, he stood out in front of our door, front door. She wanted it during harvest. During she bought it before New Year's, I mean Halloween, and all the way into the harvest time. I said, "You're scaring people when they come to the door." <laughs> and like this, and he wishes he had a brain. He'd walk away. I mean, but he doesn't even have a brain. So now he's in my garage, just like this. And the first day I walked into my garage, I go, "Man, who's in that?" I mean, who, who's there? But he he's just there. And I'm thinking, and how do I pack this guy? How do you wrap him? He didn't come in a box. I don't, I don't know what to do with him. Yeah, but, he, but he's there. But it makes Joanne happy. That she knows he's there. So what do I have to do? After, after, after knowing her and being married 45 years, okay. And so it makes her happy. It, you know, it, it, it's what makes her happy. So... That's why I've been married 45 years. <laughs> so, uh, so my covenant, marriage covenant, I cannot break. Nor will I alter the things that went out of my lips regarding her. I love you. I believe in you. And so if this is what you want, then get Bigfoot's relative. I don't know. <laughs> There is a law to faith. Not just law of faith. There's a law to faith, which is outlined in Scripture for us to follow. As we pinpoint the Scriptures and then situate them in sequence, they compl- to comply with them, we begin to go in order. You can't take a random Scripture 
that you're not fulfilling and attach it somewhere else and think it's going to work. That, that, that didn't work that way. So, uh, Mark chapter 11, 22, we're closing down. Jesus said, have faith in God. All right? How and in what are you putting faith in? Faith by itself, we know now faith is the substance of things all for. The other things not seen, according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. So we understand that. But if I'm going to put my faith in, so what am I putting my faith in? I've got to put it into the promise of God. I've got, I've got to have, no, God promised me something. He's giving me faith to believe Him. Now, th- three things. Obtain faith to receive the promises of God. I must obtain faith to receive the promises of God. I must obtain faith to receive the promises of God. Number two, I've got to maintain by faith the promises of God in my life. I've got to maintain that. Now, you know, over the for a little while I've been, I, I, this is probably the longest, uh, the time I can recall it. But I've got this little, every time I turn my engine on, it comes up. And, it's, and now it's saying to me, You're, you are 103 uh, service days extended where I've gone over, over service on my car. I just, I just, I haven't taken it. Things have come up and then, then it, sometimes I just didn't want to go. I just didn't, didn't want to go. But it, it says that. And it'll come up. And then the little service light's on. And then I got another indicator that'll go on. I got three of them telling me. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Get that thing fixed. So, but the challenge is not saying I'm blessed. The problem is maintaining your blessed state. That's the challenge. Because maintenance is always harder. Maintenance is always more difficult. Yeah. Do you ever notice if you don't cut your grass, for those of you that have grass, but if you don't cut your grass, things grow. Yeah. And your grass just grows, and depending on the kind of grass, and birds drop other kind of grass that didn't belong in your grass, and, then, <laughs> and now you've got all kinds of stuff growing. If you don't maintain it, if you, if, you just, if you don't maintain it. So maintain by faith the promises of God. And the last one is this. Um, Retain our faith in the promises of God. So now we've got to retain them. And you retain them by utilizing them. You retain them by utilizing them. You can buy a brand new car. Any, any, any mechanics in here? Anybody know anything about engines? Not one? <laughs> Steve? David? All of, uh, oh, okay. So we got a few guys. You can buy a brand new car. What, what, what happens to the gears if you buy a brand new car? You're all excited about the smell fresh of the car. <coughs> drive it around, show everybody. Put it in your, in your driveway and don't drive it for a year. What, what happens to the engine? If, if, uh, uh, not one of the men that raised their hand answered that. <laughs> the, the engine doesn't lock up, it freezes, right? Because there's no oil going through it. And every time you start your car, fresh oil starts going through the engine. And it, it, it keeps it functioning. It keeps it, it keeps it functioning. What we need is fresh oil. 
How do you do that? By keeping your spiritual engine going, by maintaining the promises of God, and utilizing what promises you do know well enough to use. And keep using them. Because the moment you find out uh, about a new promise, and you go, man, that's mine? Glory be to God. Amen. Joanne talked about tithing. Glory be to God. I'm a tither. And then all of a sudden, I don't like the engine sound. I'm not going to drive it no more. I don't, I don't believe in that. Well, you, it's going to freeze up. And if you sit it long enough, what happens to the tires? They deteriorate, don't they? The first they lose, start losing. So you can have a brand new car sitting in your driveway, never use it. You can know the promises of God and never use them. And to you, and to you, to your life, they'll get stale, stagnated. The word is good. The word is, the word ought to excite you every time you hear the word. Amen. So, so how do we do this? We've got the number one, obtain the promises of God. Well, Pastor, how do I do that? Glad you asked that question. We'll pick that up next time, next week. Praise God. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.